Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Monday, November 13th, 2023. And our top story today, financial considerations when caring for loved ones. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Megan Scipioni of Inkberry Financial. Megan, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Jeff, thanks so much. It's great to see you. Yeah, it's great to have you back on the program. And I know you're working with a lot of individuals um, of all age ranges, but today we're going to talk about caregiving. Um, how important is it to set a, create a financial plan to provide care for a loved one? You know, Jeff, it's such a great question, and I'm so glad to have the opportunity to be here to be talking about this today. This is one of the most emotional life milestones that folks, you know, you're our age are going to be uh, tackling. So many of the life milestones that you think about um, that we've gone through already, getting married, buying the first house, paying off our college debt, those were all kind of really exciting and happy milestones. This milestone coming up is something that's a little bit more challenging and a little bit more difficult because there are just so many really deep emotions involved when we're talking about our aging loved ones, our parents. And I'm speaking about this from experience both personally and having done this with for clients. And so really having a plan in place right at the get-go is gonna be very important. And we'll talk a little bit about the components of that plan and some of the challenges that, um, that folks may face as they're putting this in place. Let's talk about the plan, let's talk about challenges after the break. Um, we probably could do it both ways, but let's just talk about uh, putting a plan in place. And, you know, I think about aging parents and I think about how they took care of us and there probably was, you know, there's not really no handbook when you, when you have a child and, you know, every child's unique and you have to kind of roll with the punches on that. Uh, the same thing, I guess, kind of really applies to caregiving. And, um, you know, how do you approach that? Because I think there's, you know, there's long-term care. There's all these things you have to budget for, whether you're not going to, you're going to have a community home, age in place. But, but how do you put that? Let's start with how do you put that plan in place? And how do you broker that conversation with your loved one? So, Jeff, you really hit the nail on the head when you, you know, with your first sentence there. And it's just in that, you know, this is really a little bit of a role reversal, potentially, right? Our parents have, uh, we've looked to them as our role models, as leaders of their families. And um, and now there's a little bit of a role reversal. So kind of starting, the starting point I like to do is really be thinking about what are our parents thinking about? Like, what, what does this mean for them? You know, when our, when our, when we're physically aging, it's really, some people see it as a betrayal that their bodies are betraying them and not performing in the ways that they used to perform. And of course, if they're facing cognitive decline, they may not even realize it, but you, as you know your parent, this is something that's just really, really difficult. So that's where I like to start first is kind of putting ourselves in our parents' shoes in this season of life and thinking about what must they be going through. So the next components of the care plan are really to do a health and a wealth assessment and those in equal measure are really important and it's really important based on what we talked about earlier about how emotional this um, part of life is is to try to do that health and wealth assessment as um, really as clinically as possible and, and where does um you know just thinking this through a little bit where does uh, we'll get the cognitive decline in a second but i want to ask you about the will the estate plan um the uh um the, the directive, the medical directive, how does that all kind of factor in here? Because look, these are really hard conversations. I mean, I can even imagine having this type of conversation with my wife, what's going to happen if, 
and 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 the older you get, you know, we're in the the, the season of life where you start to think about these things. Uh, but where do these particular documents fit into this plan? Yeah, so those are really the bedrock of the plan, right? So what I like to do first is kind of start out with a needs assessment. And so you're kind of thinking about from a physical perspective, an emotional perspective, what might your aging loved one need? Kind of that's the that's the place to start. And then you look at what do they already have in place? Perhaps they're living in a community that is conducive to aging in their homes, aging in place. Um, but oftentimes they aren't. So that's kind of the first thing to do is like the needs assessment and then the, the kind of gap analysis. What do they need and what's not already built into their lives that may need to be provided and paid for, right? If you yourself cannot do it uh, or um, you know, you're gonna have to find someone or pay someone to kind of take care of those needs. And so really after the kind of the, the health assessment, the, the gap analysis, then I look to look at a financial analysis to figure out how is this all gonna be paid for? And we'll talk about the components of what's included in that. You know, let, let, I wanna ask you about uh, your clients today, some of the conversations, a lot more people wanna age in place. I talked to realtors, you know, there is a, um, a lack of housing sub supply, mainly because a lot of people are holding on to their homes, or maybe if they um, if they want to downsize, they're finding something, you know, putting an elevator in, they're doing the things they need to age in place. How does that factor into the plan? Because if I want to live where I'm living, instead of moving into a community, that's that's a different set of costs and variables. It's so true. So housing is a really important factor in this care plan. Um, there are a lot of emotions related to housing and oftentimes folks do not wanna leave their the family home where they've raised their children and the kids have grown up and they've lived for many years. So for folks that have not downsized, what they need to look at is from a physical standpoint is the house, as you had kind of talked about earlier, does it need an elevator? Does it need wider doorways? Is there a first floor um, suite where there's a bedroom and bathroom so that there can be all on one floor living? Um, the second piece to look at related to housing is, you know, if we have an older loved one who has not yet downsized, there may be significant equity inside that home, significant value. So the, the house may be worth far more than what the um, what your parents paid for it or what's owed on the mortgage. And so we may need to tap that value in order to pay for some of the care that you may see coming down the down the pike that they're going to need. Yeah, when you talk to your clients, People are nervous. They're they're scared, uh, or they're scared for their parents or their loved ones. That maybe the caregiver is scared, but I would think that there's a lot of apprehension on the part of the parent because these are the unknowns. And I think when we look at the retirement industry in general, the unknown is how much money will you need in retirement. You don't know how long you're going to live, but is that apprehension uh, that many people fear, uh, both caregiver and um, and and caregiver person who's receiving it uh that that's got to really be a big factor this can be really hard and that's why working with somebody whether it's a financial advisor who can advise you on these matters or a financial coach or or just even um you know you your audience members having heard a little bit of that kind of broaching these kind of conversations um, with their older loved ones, it's often easier to kind of start talking about thing, these sorts of things before care is actually needed or a significant amount of care is actually really needed. Um, but really talking about personal finances with our with our loved ones, with our aging loved ones can be really difficult. You know, the other part of the financial plan 
that we're gonna want um, folks to kind of have in place is really a list of assets that they have, retirement assets, savings accounts, um, anything that they're gonna be able to draw upon to kind of create an income for themselves. We're gonna wanna know what sort of debt level is outstanding. Do they have credit card bills or a car loan or a mortgage still? Um, and then we're gonna wanna see and help our um, parents create a, what I call a legacy document. And this document really is going to list out all the different types of insurance they have in place, the beneficiaries that are listed, um, anyone in our parents' lives who helps them with their finances, such as a financial advisor, an insurance agent, a tax preparer. We're going to want all of these things listed on this legacy document um, just to make it easier for us um, as we're going through the process with our parents um, to know where everything is. And it's really important to kind of have a dashboard for our aging loved ones to figure out, okay, what do my personal finances look like? What's my monthly cash flow? And what could I afford if I needed to go to the most expensive level of care? Yeah. Uh, one last question before we go to a break, and I will talk about challenges in doing this because there are, it is fraught with challenges. But I ask you about something we haven't talked about, which is taxation. Uh, there's this little thing called state and federal taxes. How does that play? Uh, presumably, I, I guess as you age and get older, you know, I'm not there yet, but I guess taxes will go down because your income stream is going down. You're now drawing out of retirement. So your ordinary income tax rate probably goes down. But how do taxes factor into this equation? Because we don't want to leave the federal and state government out of this conversation. They're going to be pounding down the doors looking for their money. Yeah, there's a lot of different things, you know, you can be thinking about. And as you said, taxes generally do go down because for our aging loved ones, our parents, their incomes are going down. Now, I'm at an age where I have parents who actually have pension income. And um, and so for, for folks of our age, it may be that, our, that, their, that their incomes probably won't be going down, that they'll be kind of staying steady, although maybe not growing with inflation. So I highly encourage my clients to kind of um, consult with a tax professional. And um, it's really important to be kind of thinking about the different levels of care that are provided um, state to federal um, that they, you know, depending on medical uh, care expenditures, there are some tax breaks for that, but it really is state by state. And we highly encourage clients to work with a, a tax professional on that. Yeah. Or else you, you don't want to be going to uh, having the IRS beating, <laughs> beating down your door at age 80 saying, where's my money? I mean, we saw what happened with the overpayments on Social Security. They're trying to claw back some of the money. That's a whole nother story. Megan, I need to take a very quick break. We'll be back. We're going to talk about the challenges. So we laid it all out. Not all of it, but we laid a lot of it out. But now we're going to talk about the challenges. So we'll be right back after these messages. You're going to want to stay tuned right here. We'll be all right. Hey. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. 
featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Megan Scipioni of Inkberry Financial. Megan, thanks so much for sticking with us this morning. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about some of the challenges. And I think one of the big challenges that I see, but you're the expert here, is the familial relationship. So everything that we're talking about, I think the nuts and bolts are probably more easy to understand than the intricacies of managing a family and, uh, you know, brothers, sisters, cousins, mom, dad, all things in between. It's so true. So dealing with numbers can be really, really easy, right? It's pretty cut and dried. But when you then have to kind of take the next step to kind of dealing with other family members, and especially when this is like a highly charged, in, you know, um, season emotionally, it can be really difficult. So some of the challenges that um, we've seen our clients face in this regard relate to um, spousal relationships and kind of just taking a step back and figuring out if you are the primary caregiver or the coordinator of the care plan for your um, parent and you live close by, you're like the in-town sibling, um, you kind of understand what role your spouse is playing in this. We have a client who um, the uh, grandma moved in with the family, although to a, to a guest house, not within the actual house. But um, because of this proximity, um, the client's spouse, he feels like he's very involved with the care plan. And therefore, he is not in a position to emotionally be able to kind of hear complaints from our client. So our client has diverted her complaints to another family who lives farther away, who really isn't involved in the day to day. So it's really just being trying to able to identify what role is your spouse playing in this and how highly taxed are they? Um, the next kind of thing to be thinking about is if financial support is needed um, to execute the care plan from you or your siblings, you know, that that can have a trickle down effect too on your own family finances. And so that itself creates um, additional layers of complexity. So just to make sure not to be casual about that, but to really kind of be thinking about specifically how does this impact the nuclear family? Yeah, a complaint box. <laughs> Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be good? Uh, yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool to just have a complaint box and just put, we can talk about it later. Uh, in all seriousness, though, Megan, let's, let's, um, when do you start having these conversations? Because you, you obviously you want to have them before someone goes into caregiving. And, and what I'm trying to focus on is our younger members of our audience, um, look, this is eventually going to happen to everyone. Uh, your parents will get older, you will get older, your children will have to take care of you. So when do you begin this conversation? Because you presumably don't want it to happen when you start to go into cognitive or physical decline. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, to the extent that you can start it as early as possible, even if your parents are in their 60s, really just trying to get a sense for them of, you know, do they think they're going to downsize their home? Um, are you able to share stories from your friends' lives with your parents? Like perhaps your friends are going through caregiving with their own parents. So I always like kind of talking in stories and examples, um, which feels a little bit less like a cross-examination of your parents, because that's not the, that's not really the relationship relationship we want to have with our parents. So anyway, we can kind of make it as, um, as, as casual and as natural as possible. That would really be great. Now, you may be coordinated with your siblings kind of in a group text away from your parents. And so, you know, if you are the sibling that's in town, maybe you can kind of alert your siblings that, hey, I'm starting to notice some things. What are you noticing? You know, and so having kind of a, that conversation, I think should really, will obviously depend on the relationship that you have with your parents. But to the extent that you can keep it as casual as possible would be really good. And what I found is that oftentimes our, our aging parents don't really understand the levels of care that are available to them. And so even starting with that could be good that, you know, that there is in-home care and that's kind of the first place to start. If your parents need help with their activities of daily living, having someone come into the home three to four days a week for several hours at a time, it's the most cost-effective way to do it. And it keeps them in that family home if that's important to them. How big... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I cut you off. Go ahead, Megan. Yeah, I was just going to say from a personal standpoint, I think my parents kind of think that either they're living in their own home or they're living in a nursing home. Um, they don't kind of understand the many different flavors of um, options that are available in between that. And I think that would be really valuable for them. So that's something that's on my to-do list, actually, is to be thinking about that. Uh, I was going to ask you about denial. Um, caregivers and uh, recipients of care that's probably a huge hurdle to overcome. Oh, that's not going to happen to me. Or I'm just going to put it off, right? I mean, we are a, a the human condition is that we put off what is not right in front of us, right? And so, how how do you how do you acknowledge denial, both as a caregiver or a future caregiver, and overcome that? Which is a it, that's a huge hurdle. Yeah, de denial and procrastination, I think, are really really difficult. Um, I think just trying to kind of recenter um, our, our parents as much as possible and kind of figuring out, you know, are they able to get to the grocery store? Are they able to cook and prepare their meals? And, you know, if, if it comes to a point where they really can't and and, and then maybe that's the, the time for the next step. Um, I think what we want to try to avoid as much as possible is being kind of back against the backed into a corner and having to make a split decision because steps weren't taken ahead of time along the way. It's a really, really difficult conversation to have. And I think that if you can um, get involved with your parents' lives a little bit, um, maybe speak with um, people who are influential with them, with their friends, with their, maybe their primary care doctors, um, a minister, rabbi, pastor, someone um, who's in their life that um, they deeply respect. That's that's another way to kind of to kind of get at that as well. And also, you probably need to brush up your diplomacy skills because you said you don't want to put anyone's back to the wall. And, 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 you know, this is a fallacy of being young. When you're a younger person, you tend to just go straight at things. But there's a level of diplomacy that has to happen. And it can't be absolutist. You, you, and that that I think is really how do you because you, you can get irritated. Right? If someone doesn't I mean, even in a relationship with a spouse, you can you know, you have to have a level of di diplomacy because it's not one spouse being the boss of the other spouse. Right. So the same thing here. You've got to be able to admit to to manage that the relationship and 
be diplomatic. I, I think that's right. I think it's kind of you, potentially depending on where you are in this, you really need to be pleasantly persistent while hearing right the your aging parents side of kind of what do they want what's their vision for this that it's really important it's like the expectations here are play such a role in um in kind of in kind of creating a successful care plan and i think that there's some level of flexibility is really required that um you know you're going to put your care plan in place and perhaps it's not going to be perfect from day one and just kind of acknowledging that that you know it's going to evolve and it's going to evolve as you learn things you learn about other resources that are available locally to you um or that it, it, it evolves as your parents physical um, you know, health changes. And oftentimes it's usually, you know, not in the right direction, not in the direction you want it to change in, but that it, that it declines. Yeah. Uh, really good point. I mean, this is a topic that um, as you're talking, I think about all these different pieces and it's something that we're going to have to continue to cover the network because 20 to 25 minutes just does not give enough uh, time to it. Megan, we're gonna have to leave it there. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And look, we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Jeff, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, all in one place each and every day, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. We'll have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.